May, March the 19th, it was this past week, uh, if you remember uh, three years ago, everything kind of came to a screeching halt, and I am thankful to be back in the house of the Lord, and uh, we were singing, uh, come to the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord this morning in worship. What a great time of, of worship and celebration. Thank you, uh, Pastor Matt, and all of our worship team and uh, band. Let's give them all a hand for leading us in worship week after week. They put countless hours into preparing and helping lead us before the throne of grace in worship. And what a blessing that is. I want to mention a, a couple. Uh, last week they were out with a sick child, uh, well, TJ and Melissa Bass. If you guys would stand real quick, welcome them to our church family. They are joined by Statement of Faith. Their son Elijah, daughter Leanna, and uh, youngest daughter Shelby Joe Bass uh, welcomed them to uh, Calvary Raleigh family and uh, introduced about 18 others last week. Uh, but thankful for them and uh, them joining in uh, our church family. Encourage them as they're getting to know many new names. And uh, what an amazing 37th birthday celebration we experienced last weekend. Full house and worship, uh, 20 new members, uh, baptized three and raised uh, $5,300 for the students going to camp. Let's give the Lord a hand. What a blessing, what an awesome privilege it is to gather week after week. And church, let me remind you, the best is yet to come. We haven't even begun to see, uh, the, really scratch the surface of what I believe God is going to do here at Calvary and through His church. And while we're experiencing uh, uh, growth, incredible growth, and God's blessing, uh, let me encourage you, let's don't rest here. Let's don't camp here. Let's don't pitch a tent here and, and just be comfortable and, and, and grow, uh, let grass grow under our feet. God has a mission and a vision for his church. And folks, we can only accomplish that when we dive into his word and allow him to grow us and to change us. And so we don't, we don't rest here. We praise God for the 37 years of blessing. But folks, we trust him and we press on for what he has in store in, for, in front of us. We choose to believe God is going to continue to do even greater things. Last fall, uh, we unveiled our uh, brand new logo as a church. And uh, I believe it captures really who we are as a church. And it, it reminds us of the responsibility to make disciples and declare the name of Jesus in the triangle in the world. And as, as we look at that, it reminds us that triangle in the center is church begins where you are. Our mission begins where God has placed us. And as we're growing in relationship with Jesus, it starts right here in the triangle, right where we live in our community, your neighborhood, your, your place of work, your school, this city that God has placed us in. We are to be a bold witness of the love, of the hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. Folks, it re reminds us that everything we do is to be on mission. Our, our vision this morning is declaring the name of Jesus in the triangle in the world. The triangle is at the center of everything we do. It reminds us that as a church, we are to declare the name of Jesus in all aspects of life and ministry. It drives us as a ministry. Our mission in Matthew 28 is to lead and create disciples of Jesus. That has not changed over all of these years. When Christ ascended and went back to heaven, he gave us a clear mission to continue reproducing ourselves in the lives of others and to continue to make much of Jesus, be a bold witness of that hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And it should excite us, church. 
but it also should unite us. It ought to be something that, that inspires us as you get up when you have those moments where you feel like, I don't want to go to work today. Some of you are like, I'm already having that anxiety about tomorrow. And we're already having that you know, feeling of like, I don't want to get up and start a whole other week. And, and yet Jesus Christ saved us so that we can declare his name in the places that we live and work. And so as you look at that logo, it's a reminder as you look around the triangle Look at the, the different C's uh, right here on the thing. There's three C's in that logo. So we look around that triangle. It helps us articulate our core values as a church. Celebrate, connect, and contribute. We have purposes behind every single thing that we do. And so this morning we're going to start looking at those core values. And we'll discover the first two today. The first one is called Celebrate. It's, it's why we are created as worshipers of Jesus. In fact, in Colossians it says we are created by him and for him. We are created by him. Uh, he created us uh, before the foundation of the earth. In fact, he knew us even before the earth was created. Even before we were formed in the womb, God knew that you would be born, that you would be living in such a time as this, and you would have a purpose, and a purpose to fulfill as a creation of Jesus Christ, created in the image of God. In fact, our spiritual DNA calls us to glorify and praise the name of Jesus. As we desire to lead disciples of Jesus, we are to be obedient in the areas of personal worship, and corporate worship. It's something that ought to, to drive us and motivate us. And, and we ought to desire to make personal and corporate worship a high priority in each of our lives. Sunday morning, I say often, should be an overflow of what's happening Monday through Saturday in our personal worship. As you're growing in your relationship with Jesus, you are all to be get, digging into the Word of God, allowing it to minister to us, allowing it to transform us. In fact, the Word of God says that it's like a mirror to the soul. It shows us areas of our lives that we need to work on, areas that we need to, 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 to tame. And uh, when you look at books like James, and it talks about the tongue and how it's in the smallest parts of our body, and yet it's some of the hardest things to control. It's like that rudder on the ship, and it's, it's small in comparison, yet it directs and, and steers the ship. When we gather corporately to celebrate the goodness of God, we rejoice in all that he is and all that he's doing through us. So let's look at the importance of personal worship this morning. What does that look like? Oftentimes, people have a, a, a tough week. They fer, they're facing all kinds of trials on every side. And you might be thinking, Pastor, that was this past week. I mean, if we had time to sit here and, and, and sit for a while, we could probably go around the room and people all across this church would say, Pastor, this week was one for the books. I mean, it was stressful. It was, it was uh, traumatic. It was, it was difficult, to say the least. And yet, you might be thinking all of these things, that's why it's so important to spend time in God's Word. As the devil is, is seeking to destroy us, to devour us like a roaring lion, the word of God says, he says we need to dive into the word and allow it to transform us. It's so important to have that time of personal worship. If you say, well, pastor, it's Thursday. I'm waiting on Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday can be so traumatic 
without an encounter with God, folks, then if we're waiting from Sunday to Sunday, we become anemic. We become desperate, like a, someone that needs insulin or needs, a, needs a, a, a drug for their heart or for whatever it is, their ailment. Folks, if we don't delve into the Word of God on a daily basis, we are left out there full attack by the enemy. He's seeking to destroy us. Psalm 119, 5 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as we dive into the Word of God, it begins to illuminate the path that God has for us today. This very moment, and sometimes we're like day by day, minute by minute, folks, I need God to lead and guide and direct and to steer my life on the path that He has for me. So we must get into the Word and be renewed and be refreshed by the Word of God. Personal worship is how we build that personal relationship with God. Sometimes as a pastor, I hear someone say, well, pastor, I just don't feel safe today. Well, aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ took care of all of that on the cross 2,000 years ago? And folks, it doesn't matter how you feel. So often as, as Americans, we get in, caught up in our feelings that if it feels right, do it. And, and folks, our feelings, will, our heart will steer us astray all day long. But what he's saying is, as we get into the Word of God, it's not about our feelings. Our convictions, our beliefs are stirred as we study the Word of God and allow it to transform us and to change our life. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through prayer. And folks, we must make time to allow God to speak to us. There's no habit that's more important to your spiritual life than meeting with Jesus every day. Can I get a witness on that? There's no habit that's more important to your spiritual growth and development than to spend time in God's Word and spend time in prayer. Spend time away from all of the noise. Sometimes just turn it off. You mentioned Psalm 46.10, be still and know I have it in my office. And it's a reminder. Even as a pastor, you can get so bogged down in the daily grind of life and ministry and things get crazy. And not only are you carrying some of your own burdens and burdens of your own family, but of the entire church body. And folks, as a whole, you can get way down with that. But what he's saying is we've got to dive into the Word of God and allow it to transform us. It's a daily process. Talking to God in prayer is part of that personal worship. And let's just let me help you out this morning. Sometimes people think, well, I have to have all of the, the words all mapped out exactly how I am. I, I listen to people pray sometimes, and it, feel, it feels like they have all of this experience and, and knowledge of God. And folks, talk to him like you're talking to your best friend. Talk to God like you're talking to your father. Why? Because he is. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is our heavenly father if you know him as your Lord and Savior. Folks, one thing that we, we've learned is he's as close as the mention of his name. Folks, even in times of, of trial and times of triumph, Jesus is there and he's our heavenly father. And, and folks, in addition to that personal worship, we ought to be part, part of that discipleship journey is also corporate worship, joining together as, as a body of faith, as a, as a bride of Christ. And folks, when we come together as a church for worship, we celebrate who he is. 
all that he's doing in my life and in the life of his church. One thing we've learned over the last three years is how vital church attendance is to the health and life of a Christian. We all need one another. And folks, early on in 2020, I remember even on a Sunday sitting in my recliner. Anybody else remember these days when, when, the, when the church was for a, a few couple months we weren't meeting in person, and none of us knew what was actually happening and what was going on. We didn't know what to, to think or say, or, and it kept us on our knees. But, folks, there was a, a couple of Sundays, I'm not going to lie, as your pastor, I was sitting in my living room because we had recorded on, on a Thursday, and I would sit there on Sunday morning, and, and my legs are all propped up in the recliner. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm telling you, just straight up between you and, and God and everybody else, there was a couple of Sundays like, man, I could get used to this. <laughs> I could get used to this. I mean, this is so easy. I mean, my day didn't have to start at, at 6.30. I mean, it was like 9.45. You could roll out, get you a, a cup of coffee and, and fix them a, a little breakfast. And I mean, by about 9, excuse me, 10.25, you're making your way, getting it all plugged in on the TV and, and, and getting it all squared away and getting your, in your big chair and you crank up the music and it's like, man, I can get comfortable. I'm afraid we've gotten too comfortable. I'm afraid the church has gotten so accustomed to having everything catered to our little comforts that it's gotten too easy, church. Jesus didn't die so we could sit back in our recliner sipping on coffee all morning and just kind of like, well, I'll just kind of sit back and, you know, autopilot, you know, and I'll just kind of cruise through this service. And no, he saved us to serve him. He saved us to worship him. He saved us to be involved in the, the life of the, of the church. And I love what he says here in our text. In Hebrews chapter 10, he says, verse 19, he says, Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. Think about what he's talking about. When he's talking about when Jesus died, when the, the veil, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and now we have access to God the Father, a place that we, could know, we couldn't even conceive of, a place they couldn't even dream of in the Old Testament. The Jewish brothers and sisters, as they would go to the temple, couldn't imagine being in the presence of God. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, he said this, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Do you believe that, church? We says when we come to worship, we're worshiping a God who is more than able. Let us consider how to stir up and, and to, to one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. The Jews had to go to the temple once a year to offer sacrifice. Church, we don't have to, we get to. 
We get to. We get to worship. We get to celebrate. And folks, I can just say, if you're not looking forward to worship on a Sunday, I'd check up and see if I was truly saved. If you're not looking forward to gathering as the bride of Christ corporately, it's probably because there's not a lot happening personally in worship. I'm not pointing fingers. That's what the Word of God says. It ought to draw us into a deeper, intimate, more intimate fellowship with God. We don't have to go every week. We get to. There's a huge difference. Everything the Jews did pointed forward to the day that Jesus, our long-awaited Messiah, would come to earth and die on the cross first. And we're not looking for the Messiah as they were for the come the first time. Hope has already come. But do you realize hope is coming again? He's going to return. He's going to come back. And folks, I hope he comes and finds the church ready and waiting, eagerly, anticipating the soon return of Jesus Christ. We're looking for his signs. We're looking at the signs. And church, I believe it's going to be soon. Signs of Christ's return are everywhere. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says, Brothers, those of us who know Jesus, who have a personal relationship with him, we can have confidence to enter into the presence of the Lord. Enter into the presence of the Lord because of what Jesus has already done. If you recall, but when Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake and the veil in the temple was torn in two from the, the top to the bottom. This meant that Jesus, our great high priest, had satisfied the wrath of God for man's sins. He paid our sin debts in full. But now we can go directly to the Father through Jesus Christ. He says you can have boldness. You can have confidence. I'm telling you, there's something about having the confidence. When you get up as a speaker and you stand before coworkers and, and, and you're challenging them and you know what you're talking about, you have confidence. If you're an attorney, you go before a, a judge or a jury, you can have confidence. He says those of us who know Christ as our Savior can go forth with boldness, with confidence in who we are in Jesus Christ. And I love what he says in verse 21. He says, since we have a great high priest, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Don't miss what he's saying. He says, the sanctuary was the place where the, the presence of God dwelt. The holy place of the tabernacle. Before this, man couldn't enter into the presence of God. Only the high priest could. And he had bells that were sewn into the hem of his garment. So as he would go into the Holy of Holies, those bells would be slightly just making a noise. And you could tell where he was in the presence of the Lord by the, the bells, the sound of bells ringing. But folks, if those bells ever stopped, it was a sign that the priest had died in the presence of God. And and they had a cord, they would pull them out of the Holy of Holies. It wasn't a place that you and I could go. Only the priests could go in there under the most strict of supervision. If anyone else tried to enter the presence of God, you would die. Now because of God's grace, he says, the door to his presence is wide open. Folks, don't miss that. He says, when you gather for worship, church, we 
can gather in the presence of God. When you're in your prayer closet, when you're there reading, maybe it'd be on your porch or, or in, your, in your bedroom or at work or even in your car before you go into the office. He says, as you worship God, whether personally or corporately, you can enter into the presence of Almighty God. Church, see, we says come boldly before the throne of grace. In other words, there's nothing that's too big, nothing that we can't ask for. That folks, it's if it's according to his will, folks, he will not fail us. Hebrews 4:16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive what, church? Mercy and find what? Grace to help in time of need. Anybody in the building in need of God's mercy or grace this morning? You see what happens is as we come with boldness, he says you can find mercy. You can find grace. You can find direction. Answers to the prayers, the greatest needs of our heart. Verse 24 of our text says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and the good works. He said, as you gather as a body of believer, you ought to be encouraging, spurring people on, just as you would on a, on a team. You're building it, you're high-fiving, you're, you're, you're fist-bumping, you're, you're patting them on the back, you're encouraging. He says, build up the body of faith for love, for good works. Folks, some of the, I'll say this sometimes, and I always tell people it's that we're a hugging church. All right, if you don't like hugs, probably you're going to have a tough time in heaven. All right, yeah. just get over it. So, uh, I'm, that's not my personality. I mean, I like to keep, I love the, the 10, the, the six feet distance. Uh, you know, when you're standing in line, even today, you get into a crowded building, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know, that six feet apart's not too bad of an idea. You know, sometimes the, 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 the not shaking hands and the germs are, are, are okay with me, but the reality is, is, Every single person needs a hug. Every single person needs a hug. Not in a weird, some of you are like, I could think of some ladies I'd like to hug. <laughs> some of you young men are like, man, I'm going to stand at the front door and be a greeter on Sunday. I can get some hugs out of all kinds of people. No, we're not telling that like that. I'm saying every single person needs to know that they're loved, that they're valued. They need to know that they have worth, that they're up, they belong, that they have a family, that they're part of the body of Christ. And folks, we need that encouragement. Think about people who are single, that live alone, that may not get a hug on a daily basis. They need to know that someone cares about them, that they love them. And one of the huge benefits of gathering together for worship is we get to celebrate the goodness of God. We encourage one another to live holy and righteous lives before God. We all need that encouragement. When you go to work, you might be the only Jesus follower, the only believer in your office. So you need some encouragement. You need a little pep talk as you're getting ready to launch out into the, the marketplace tomorrow that you can live boldly in your faith for Jesus Christ. You can walk in his spirit and have his Holy Spirit guiding you and directing you throughout the day. Some of us have opportunities to share good, the, 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 our faith and the joy of the Lord on a daily basis. You might be the only believer in your school. You might be the only believer in your, on your street. Folks, when we come together for corporate worship, 
We're to stir up one another, encourage one another. And it's difficult to do that from your couch. It's about two weeks in, I could enjoy a recliner church. I could enjoy sitting on my my porch watching the, 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 on my phone or my iPad. But the reality is it's not the same experience. Anybody sing at home the same way you do in church? Say, well, you ought to see me in the car. <laughs> Turn on some K-Love and everybody around you thinks you have gone lost on mine. I mean, you, you look at them, you ever pull up beside someone and they're, boy, they're into the music and they're dancing and singing and all of a sudden they, they look and they see that you're staring at them and you're like, well, hello. <laughs> You've joined us. I mean, you're late to the party, so to speak. But folks, the reality is, is we've got to be stirred up. You can't do that alone at home on your couch. It's impossible. We must gather in person, if at all possible. And folks, I look across the church and I see people in so many different stages of life. Some that are battling illnesses. Some that are, 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 are facing all kinds of hardships. And they're still making it a point to be in the house of God. It encourages me as your pastor to know there are people that are, are, are bad. They've gone to the doctor and got a, 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 a terrible diagnosis. And yet they're still in church. Folks, sometimes I, I look up here and I see people that are worshiping Jesus with tears in their eyes. On the stage. I was, I was thinking of Holland last week. I was sitting there watching you lead worship, and I was thinking of her mom battling cancer. And she sings. It's often through tears. I've sat there and watched members of our worship team and our band playing the guitar, and it's like it's overwhelming sometimes because you're reminded of how good God is. And how much he loves us. And he cares for us. And folks, you cannot get that experience by yourself at home. It's just not the same. But what happens is, is God encourages us. It's a reminder. Folks, he's sovereign. He's holy. He's just. He's on his throne. And there's nothing that's too difficult for him. Folks, we all need that at Christian fellowship. We need encouragement from the word, and we need encouragement from the brethren. Last Sunday, as we sat around eating barbecue, I'm telling you, I was sitting here thinking to myself, it was such a beautiful sight to see the church of God just fellowshipping together, spending that quality time, getting to know people's names, and and sharing in that relationship of, of knowing God and celebrating all that God is doing. Folks, so much of that was robbed from us for two or three years. We need that assurance to stay faithful until the end. Because there are people that are in broken relationships this morning and they're wondering, hey, how can I go on another day? I, I don't even know how I can last another week or another month or another year. And that encouragement of the body stirs, spurs them on. Verse 25 says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging. Encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Ivan, he and I were neighbors for several years. 
had the privilege of watching you grow. Another week we got together and shared a meal together. It's good. We talked about what God was doing in his life. How God is growing him. His son just graduated from the, the Marine Corps basic just a week ago. He was here this past Sunday. and We're praying for Aiden. We're praying. He said his, his faith is growing And he's excited about what God is doing in his life. And folks, we need that encouragement. Because there are moments where it's hard, it's difficult. He lost his father just a year ago, two years ago. I lost my mother a year ago. And and to be able to encourage one another and say, you know what? God is, he's faithful. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't forgotten us. And we need to encourage one another And he says, all the more as you see the day drawing near. For the child of God, the the weekly worship gathering for worship is vital to our health encouragement of the saints. And what he's saying here, he says, we need it now to more, more today than at any other time in history. We need it more now to encourage and strengthen and challenge to sharpen to love one another and serve one another. He says we're all vital to the strength of the whole. Each one of us are uniquely uh, equipped with a vital part or vital role in the family of God. And when we don't make it a priority, church, the body isn't functioning at its strongest. You know what I see across the building There are people from every single walk of life in all different places in their spiritual journey. But we're all vital. Last Sunday as we introduced all these brand new members, do you realize you're just as important as the person who's been here for 37 years? You say, why? Because you're a part of the next chapter, the new story of what God is going to do here at Calvary. You're a part of how he's going to reach those communities that maybe we weren't reaching before, but God's going to use you in that process. We're functioning, we're not functioning at the strongest when we don't make church uh, worship, corporate worship a priority. He says, all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're to be longing for the return of Christ. Looking forward to the day that he returns. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief, or come like a thief. They don't announce. They don't tell you they're coming when you're on vacation. Uh, the other day uh, we were saying, hey, don't post stuff a- until you get back from vacation on social media. Why? Everybody doesn't need to know that you're out of town. <laughs> don't tell them that you're gone and that, that the house is empty and people can have uh, you know, uh, their pick of everything you have. He says, Christ has sent us the signs of his coming. In fact, just a few weeks ago in our study in Mark, Mark chapter 13, we looked at the signs, the wars, the rumors of wars, the earthquakes, the things that are happening more frequently today than at any other time in history. He says, as the day draws near, we need to gather and celebrate even more. Church, we must reevaluate our priorities and put God first. Make him a priority. But secondly, he says, not only do we celebrate, he says we ought to connect He says, this is where we discover community. 
Following Jesus was never meant to be done in isolation. He said it's, it's vital that we grow in that grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. All of the isolation and closing down has hindered the church from for being what God intended us to be. To look like what we're supposed to look like. To act like we're supposed to act. When we gather, it's time to connect with our church family. And folks, that happens not just in rows, but it happens in circles. It happens when you get outside of the large gathering into a small group gathering and we allow other people to speak into our lives. We're challenged in corporate worship to grow deeper. But folks, it's fleshed out in a small group. When you gather as a small group, you build authentic relationships where we dig into the Word of God, where we ask questions, where we're challenged, we're encouraged, we pray together, we do life together, we see God answer prayer, and we grow together with other believers. I love my life group. They encourage me more than they'll ever know. I love watching the excitement when the light turns on and a passage of scripture comes to light and they get to see how it applies to their life and how it makes sense and and it's a young married life group. I'm the oldest person in the entire room. But you know what? I love the fact that I can grow even from them through conversation, through what God is speaking to their hearts. He speaks to my heart as well. On Thursday, I got to hang out with our Peacemakers life group. And I'm telling you, that group of people has so much fun. Senior adults. They're more fun than teenagers, because right? when they get off, especially away from, you know, their normal routines, I mean, they laugh, they cut up. We had, we had so much fun on Thursday, we went to eat barbecue, and they were telling me, they said, Pastor David, we got to get on the road early to go eat barbecue, because it was an hour away, and so I showed up at work, and at 9.30, uh, the van was full, and we had all these people. They were ready to go eat lunch. I'm like, it's 9.30 in the morning. Why are we going to eat lunch so early? Well, we get there at, you know, a few minutes after 10.30, and we were like the first people in the parking lot. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, we have lost our minds. I mean, we've lost our minds. And then, like, within five minutes... Pew, pew, pew. Cars were flying in that parking lot and they were lining up. Airplanes were landing outside because it was on the side of an airship. A, a military helicopter landed with about 35 or 40 Marine or, or Army vets, Army uh, uh, personnel, and they step off the back of that helicopter and they're all getting in line. And I'm looking around and I saw Miss Peggy who organized our trip and I was like, now I know why we left at 9.30. <laughs> She's back there dying laughing because we were first in line and, and we ordered that barbecue and it was some of the best barbecue I've ever had in Pepsi Cola cake. I'm telling that stuff is like crack. I mean, it was a Christian crack. And, and we go in there and we just, it was fun. We went into antique stores. We shopped a little bit. We went and stopped and got milkshakes on the way back. They had so much fun. But folks, that's what being a part of a small group is, is you're doing life with them. 
You're building relationships. You're seeing them outside of just the norm. And folks, Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We owe it to ourselves and our walk with Christ, as well as the body of Christ, to connect in that way. We are stronger together. We desire for every person to find that small group. And folks, if you don't have one already, let's start one. Let's help create one that will help meet the needs of where you're at in your walk with Jesus. One of the goals for connecting a small group is to help you learn how to study the Word of God confidently. They will aid in that, also aid in that first C, which is the celebrate portion. Because the more you understand of what God has done for you, the more you want to worship Him. The more you want to praise His name. And it'll help in your personal worship as well. It'll help you grow deeper, spending quality time with Jesus on a daily basis. Say, Pastor, how do we land this plane? What's the application? How are you doing with the celebrate portion of our core values? Are you making time for personal worship in your daily routine? Think about it. How are we doing with celebrating, exalting the name of Jesus? Because can I say this? If, if you do not get moved, and I'm not saying everybody's hands in the air don't care when it comes to worship. Everybody has their style. Everybody has their, their, their way that they connect. But the reality is, is if you do not like worship, I'm not sure we're going to the same place in eternity. If you say, well, Pastor David, I'm just more reserved, that's okay. But if you don't enjoy engaging in worship, do you realize, let me give you the 411, that is all of eternity. All of eternity. Say, well, Pastor David, you know, I mean, I'm going to be on the outskirts of town. There's a country song of heaven, you know, and I'm going to have uh, some, uh, a truck with big old tires and we're going to be fishing and shooting guns and I've got all of these, you know, joys. Whatever it works out in your mind. But folks, the reality is, is when we get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We're going to be rejoicing and worshiping at the feet of Jesus. And if we don't enjoy it today, we might need to get saved. You might need to be introduced to a personal relationship with Jesus where he can change and transforms our heart, transform our hearts. Secondly, are you seeking to get into the word and prayer on a consistent basis? Are you seeking to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus? There are so many Bible apps. There are so many online uh, tools that will help you in your walk with God to show you passages of scripture you can read through the bible chronologically you can read through the bible in a year you can whatever your situation or your place in life there are so many devotionals that will help guide you in that relationship with jesus the next decide today to make sunday corporate worship a weekly part of your routine 
We'll say, Pastor, we try to hit it once a month. Yeah, unfortunately, it shows. So that's hard. The reality is, if we don't make it a regular part of our routine, we become so anemic, we become so detached, we become so distanced from the body. Imagine if you saw your spouse once a month. Imagine if you saw your kids once. So, well, Pastor, I've been in the military. I'm used to being gone. Thank you for your service. But the reality is this is not the military. This is the family of God. And we get to worship Him corporately. As a body of believers, we ought to make it a priority. So, Pastor, I'm going to carve out some time every week to gather corporately with my church family. I'm going to make it a priority so that I can grow and encourage one another in the faith. And then once you've gotten plugged into the corporate portion, endeavor to connect through a small group. For this, for this is what so many of us are encouraged and strengthened in our faith. And folks, it enables us to grow deeper on a consistent basis. Can I say those that gather corporately and celebrate on Sunday are even more encouraged when they get together and connect in a small group because they're seeing people that are at a similar season of life that they are connecting with and they're sharing life together and they're lifting up one another in prayer. They're challenging one another in the word and they're doing life together. Folks, that's, that's where life really begins. The life change is fleshed out in a small group because you're challenged in corporate worship, but the small group is where the rubber meets the road. It's where you're challenged to live it out and to take it a, a step further, take what's being preached on Sunday and learn how to apply it in our daily lives on a consistent basis. God wants us to celebrate and he wants us to connect. Heavenly Father, would you speak to our hearts this morning?